0: This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishnanos. Good morning. Uh, we are continuing with the uddhav Gita. Chapter 13 we had completed in verse 37. So we are starting verse 38 onwards. This is about the two ashramas that we were discussing. One is the... Uh, The last one which we were talking about in the last few verses was about the Sannyas Ashram. So it is Vanaprastha and the Sannyas Ashram. So this time it is more leaning towards the Sannyas Ashram. So we will just try to understand the Sannyas Ashram. So we are doing Uddhav Gita chapter 13, last message of Sri Krishna. Verse 38. A man who has got sick of work that produces only pain and is possessed of self-control and has not inquired into the religion that leads to me should go to a sage as to a master. Now this talks about most of the material worldly people who have come to a point in their life when they have got totally fed up with the Things that are happening in their world, which means they don't want to, they are not feeling nice about anything. From their material worldly perspective, they are fed up with their jobs, they are fed up with the kind of work that they are doing, they are fed up with the people around them, they are fed up with the relatives, the demands that are made by the society the children, you name it, all kinds of stuff that is there. They really do not like any of these things. So, a man who has got sick, a man who has got sick of work that produces only pain, And is possessed of self-control. Now, if I have to say that a man who is possessed of self-control, now that's a difficult thing to get in the material world. But it happens. It really happens sometimes to people. Uh, It so happens that they may be in a family. They may have their spouses, their children, you name it. They are there with their relatives. They may be having their own jobs, businesses and a lot of money, houses, everything. They don't have much shortage but they are so disillusioned by life. Now this disillusionment comes out of feeling completely lost they do not have any idea why they are doing this. So if they are earning money, they really do not understand why they are earning money. If they are doing a job, they do not understand why they are continuing to work. Because all this is causing so much of pain to them. Say for example, they are doing a job, they may be earning a lot of money but The kind of pressure that they are under from their bosses, from the people, from the customers, you name it. All the people who are around them have given so much of a trouble to them that they do not have rest at all. They feel disgusted. Their life is so painful that just to get up in the morning and go to work sounds to them one of the worst things in life to do or when they come back home to see the spouse's face and to see the children and these people are literally on their back i want this and i want that and he has also had those kind of things you know in a sense that he has been demanding too many things from his life now when we speak of that it doesn't talk about Oh, I need a break. You know, people have this habit of saying, Oh, I need a break. I need a break and I want to go somewhere. We are not discussing about that person. That person is a material worldly person who just wants to have a break, just wants to have enjoyment. We are not talking of enjoyment here at all. We are not talking about somebody who wants to run away from life. We are talking of somebody who has now become so dispassionate in life. This person really doesn't appreciate anything going around around him. He feels that everything is putting him under so much of stress and tension and pressure that he just wants to give up his life. Not give up his life by committing suicide or some such kind of a thing. He just wants to feel that I need to find out some deeper meaning in life. What is this deeper meaning in life? Because nothing can give him happiness. The joy that he feels. I need to feel this joy. I need to feel this happiness. I do not get this kind of a happiness. Everybody is pressurizing me. It is not that the job is bad or his spouse or his children or his parents or anybody is bad. No, but the kind of things that are going on in his mind he feels that there is a complete disgust for this. Whether it is lust or greed, it has gone away from his life. The lustiness which a man feels at the beginning of his life, he feels that he needs to go around and do a lot of stuff. That has left him. He is not attracted towards the opposites. He is not even interested in having any relationship with anybody. It also means that he is not seeking a person out. Alright? So there is no lust in that person. He is not lusting for anything. Then he is not interested in making money, compiling up stuff, you know, having properties and so on and so forth person who is wanting money all the time. Somebody who thinks, Oh, the rate of gold has fallen. So I should go and buy gold. The stock market is not doing well. So I have to invest. So th- this is not the kind of a person we are talking about. We are talking about a person who has got completely fed up with this kind of things. So he has no greed in him. No greed whatsoever. Then there are the other Shadri Pushis that are there. He has got rid of them also. He feels what is the point in getting angry over a person when they know very well that this person is anyway not going to change at all. The person realizes that as much as I am doing for my spouse, my spouse is least interested in it and wants more and more and more and more and more. is demanding things. Or if you are living with your parent, the only thing that they can see their parent is literal degradation. Maybe they have become old and they are just talking every single day about the diseases that they are having, the problems that they are having, the troubles that they have, the number of doctor visits that they are doing. That is all that they can speak of. Now this individual is also not bothered about the properties that are being, you know, distributed. Is not interested in trying to find out how much am I going to get? Because he's got fed up of even these properties that are there. There are lots of people who are against him. He's not bothered about the people who are against him because he knows that this half of the world is going to be against him. You think, Everybody doesn't have an enemy. Even if you are the greatest of the saints, you will have enemies in this world. He's not bothered about the enemies. So, such a kind of a person who has gone through tremendous pain mental, physical, or spiritual whichever kind of one that you can think of. Now, what happens to this person? Now he thinks that I think I got to get over all this. And I have to get my self-control. I am not going to fall on any person. That means no lust. I don't want anything in this world. He has got rid of the greed that was there. The properties, the money, this, that. And the possession of people also, by the way. That is also greed. These are my children. This is my house. This is my husband. This is my wife. That my, 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 my thing is got over. Because they have seen that these people are just no good. So such a kind of a person. Now this person, after he has given up all this, there is no need to again fall back on those kind of things. So he has got something which is called self-control. He doesn't indulge in any lusty activities. He doesn't want anything in this world. He doesn't even want to get angry, upset over people because if you are getting angry and upset over people that means you are still attached to them. Suppose you have a husband or a wife or children or your father and mother or grandparents or whoever and you are getting upset over it and you get angry the way they behave or you get you know, totally disillusioned by their lifestyle because they keep on asking for money and that puts you in a tizzy most of the time. Then you are still attached. Then you are not having self-control at all. Self-control means you know this other person's nature. The other person's nature is so well known that you know that this person is anyway going to behave just like that. So Krishna is telling uh, Uddhava, see Uddhava, now that you have got disgusted with all these things and so far he is never bothered about trying to find out about religion. I mean, they have never had the time to turn towards God. Why? I was too busy in my life. You see, every day from morning to night, I'm just thinking about work, 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 work. Like Rihanna. Work, work, work. So, so the problem is, this man or this woman has been so engrossed in their life and today they don't want to work. No work. Again, I'm saying this For you to understand it is not about coronavirus or about anything like that. It is just that they don't feel like doing any of these things. So such a kind of a person is now turning towards God. Now when this person is there and they want to turn towards God, they have no way of turning towards God. You know the reason why? Because they don't have any idea about God. You see, what they have learned in their past is go to some temple, go to some place of worship and bow down over there. Give a lot of money to that Pandaji over there or whoever is managing that place. Give donation to that place and then do some prayer and say, keep on begging from God. God give me this, God give me that. No. This person is not interested in the God made of stone. Or metal or whatever. He is not interested in finding out who is this God made of stone. He is not interested in knowing that yes, if I go over there, I will get my wishes fulfilled. Because there is no God over there to fulfill your wishes. First and foremost, no God will say, hey, look at me. Got it? We are talking about God Almighty. We are not talking about some ordinary God. All right? So yesterday we were discussing, a few days ago we discussed about das Bodh, where we mentioned that we are not talking about any Brahma, Vishnu and Mahesh. No. We are not talking about any Lakshmi, Saraswati and any other goddesses that are there, Kalis and all that. No. We are not talking about any of those things. That too you can find daima dozen everywhere. Aren't they available in the marketplace? Go in the marketplace, you will find hundreds of pictures and this and that. No, this is the truth about God. I want to know God. Now for such a kind of a person who has self-control and who is very keen to know the truth about life and who is this God that he is discussing about, such a person should go A spiritual master or a sage. They have to find a guru. It is always mentioned in most of our scriptures that you don't find a guru, the guru finds you. It is the other way around. Let me correct you here in a little way. First, you got to have the urge. All right? If the urge is not there, you are anyway not going to find. You see, think about it like this. If I am going on the road and I am actually not searching for anything, I will just pass that object also without knowing about it. But if I am seeking that object, suppose you have been told, go and get one dozen bananas. You know, your eyes are open towards bananas. You are looking for it. And then you will find it at all different, different locations. Isn't it? So you got to be searching for the Guru. That is the primary thing. You have to search for a spiritual master. It is then, when you are ready for it, the master will appear. Otherwise, you will never find a master. Yesterday, I was discussing about this and the idea was, how does a person actually find him? There are people who feel that, oh, is this the right person? Is this the right person? Is this the right person? They keep on searching, 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 searching. They never find anything because they are searching for miracles. If you are searching for miracles and if you find that this person is not giving you any miracles, he is not telling you about, Oh, I created magic ash from the you know atmosphere. Oh, I am going to give you one magic talisman. Go and pray to it. If he is not dishing out stuff like that, then people don't believe in such kind of a guru. Let me give you an idea about gurus. Because we are now doing a subject called guru, by the way. You see, whether it is Nisargadatta Maharaj or his guru, or some of the greatest of the masters, like Ramakrishna Paramahansa, Ramana Maharishi, these are some of the greatest of the masters. And they never performed a single miracle in their life, because those who are searching for miracles, or magical stories, who, did you find this God over here? Did the God come to you in your dream? Did you do this? Did you do... If a person is searching for this kind of stupid answers, I am sorry, they are not worthy enough for this master. Okay? A spiritual master should not be judged by those kind of things. A spiritual master should always be found when he has what is called as eternal knowledge with him. He should be self-effulgent which means his knowledge should be coming from within him. Nothing outside and no magical stuff here. So this is how it is. The idea that you have to find a guru is wrong. Alright. The guru has to find you. The guru identifies, this is the person. Today morning I was watching a video in that in one ashram there are thousands of people and the guru is living in some quarters of his and he has never even seen this idiot. He has never even bothered to see who this guy is. You really think he's going to find you? It is like standing in a rally, you know, in a political rally and then, oh, you there, please come to me. I am going to make you a minister. If this is how you think you are going to get found, you are the biggest idiot in your life. No guru finds you like this. Okay? The guru is actually there for you. He will pick you up from there. Not from a crowd of people. The guru doesn't look at a crowd. Because everybody goes to this place and everybody is literally a bikari. You understand? A beggar over there searching for some kind of a spiritual solace. That person is least bothered. He has no time for you. He has got time for all the petty stuff in life but not for you. Then what are you searching for? Aren't you the biggest duffer in the world? The guru will pick you up literally like this and he will say and he won't say, I am your guru. Look at me. See, it's written over here, printed. I am your guru. It doesn't come like that. A very subtle hints, you know, given to you. And then he puts you through a ringer. You see what a ringer is like? You don't know what is going to hit you. The most, you know, the, the difficult thing for a person to get identified with the guru is you see, the guru will look at you the first time and he'll say, Oh, come on, very nice, very good. You are a great person. Come sit with me. He will allow that person to sit with him for a maybe a day or two, a few, maybe few days and then he'll say go away go sit in the corner and then he won't even look at that person for the rest of the whole year also do you know what that is it is your test he won't even bother to call you won't even answer you he won't even look at you a true guru never bothers about formalities he is a complete weirdo. Those who have done Das Bodh with me will remember what I said. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> Gurudev is completely off. Because he is, he is not going to behave in a normal manner. He behaves like a kid or a madman. A true guru behaves exactly like a kid or a madman. I think we have done it over here only. Anyway, so you will meet the sage or the master. We move to verse 39 now. 39 says of the chapter 13 Uddhava Gita. Until he has realized Brahma, he should serve the teacher like me with care and devotion, having faith in him and never carping about him or at him. Those who meet their Guru, they are very, very fortunate people. And those who have never met their Guru, even if they have gone to a place and searching for a person who has never even bothered to look at them, I feel sorry for such kind of idiots. They are not worthy of it. They are truly not worthy of meeting a Guru because they are thinking that Gurus can be found by, you know, Searching for some stone in some mine or something. There is nothing like that. The Guru will search you out. And he will give you personal attention. Please remember this. So here, a person, an individual who has got disgusted with life, who has nothing to look forward to, is now only seeking spiritual knowledge and wants to find God. Only for this kind of a person, and not not some ordinary person, we are talking about this man or this woman. What is this person supposed to do until he has realized Brahma? Till the person has not become Brahmanyani, till you have not reached the state of realization, this is the rider. Please remember this. Till you have not reached the state of realization or reached Brahmanyana. Till that point he should serve the teacher like me. That means service unto the guru has to be done till you reach Brahmanyana. Got it? Service is the most essential thing. Without serving the guru nothing is possible. Please let me tell you straight up. That if you think that you can just, Oh, I am listening to a satsang. Isn't that sufficient? I have sent some dakshana to him. Isn't that sufficient? Oh, let, let, let him take care of me. Oh, I have given him dakshana. Once in a year I will give some money to him. And he should be taking care of me. I met such a person in my life. There was this lady who thought no end of herself. And she had a Muslim guru by the way. He was not a Muslim Muslim but though he was a Muslim but he knew Vedanta. He knew literally everything. So she met this person. And being a very rich person, that person deliberately, that guru deliberately asked her for some money. The day he asked her for money she came and she started spouting a lot of bad words about him. This is the funny part. You see in this verse also it is written you are not supposed to carp about the guru or say anything bad about him. Understand one thing the guru doesn't even need your money. But it is important to give the Guru Dakshana. It is important. You have to do that. So, like I said, today in the morning when I was watching this video, I saw in this ashram there are thousands of people. There is a very big kitchen. Alright? Now, all this requires a lot of funding. Isn't it? I am sure there is a lot of ways by this, by means of which they are doing it. But it doesn't matter to me. Seva is what we are looking at. Seva of a kind which is directed towards the Guru, not towards some ashram, not towards some person, not towards, you know, trying to pander to somebody. You know, we have people, I have seen in very big places, they will do Seva to the person who is in between. You know the in-between person that is there? Hmm? In, uh, In Mumbai language, they call him a chamcha or a chamchi. These are nothing but touts. So they will go and serve the touts and they say, Sir, sir, can I get five minutes with the Guru? What? You have to beg for timing? Doesn't that sound ridiculous to you? The Guru has to give you personal attention. If the Guru is not even looking at you, if he is not giving you personal attention, then what are you doing in your life? Leave it. So here, serve the Guru like me. First, you have to understand that there is no difference between Krishna, he is teaching Uddhava, remember that, between Krishna and the Guru. So he says, just think, if I were there on this planet Earth, how will you serve me? It's exactly the same way, serve your Guru. Okay, after serving him, with care and devotion, you have to take a personal care of the Guru. And you have to be devoted, single pointed devotion to him. actually it was a very funny incident that i heard and it was so shocking that there are people in this world who will go and ask a person and that that supposed guru says i didn't hear from my uh, you know seniors what are the seniors are you talking about? Do you have some internet connection with somebody? How oh, not that funny? I didn't hear from my senior, whoever that senior might be. And I can't do this and this cannot be done and that cannot be done. Oh my goodness gracious. If you are a guru, you don't need communications. You don't need internet. And if person thinks that you know oh I need to have a communication with someone I think they are completely off their rockers. No. If there is a guru he is capable of taking his own call and decisions. He doesn't require permission from any authority anywhere. No Shiva and no Brahma and Vishnu is supposed to give you know permission to do something. They are called G-U-R-U. Guru. A guru doesn't require permission from any Brahma, Vishnu, Mahesh or any other person in this planet earth. They are capable of taking whatever decision that they wish to. If they have to teach, they will teach. If they don't have to teach, they won't teach. If they have to give their grace, they will give grace. If they don't have to give their grace, they will not give. Remember the two words over here. Care and devotion. All right. And there are no direct communication with any God anywhere, by the way. You don't dial up to gods. If some guru tells you, I have to dial up to gods and I have to wait for God to give me a signal. What? What BS they are talking about? There is no dial up connection with anybody or there is no internet or there is no communication like that. Oh, I have to go in meditation. I have to seek advice from someone. No. A guru is an ultimate authority. Please remember this. He is equivalent to Krishna himself. Isn't that what was mentioned in this verse? I am quoting verses. I am not talking bullshit and nonsense. Alright. Here he says you have to serve him like the teacher like me with care and devotion. Having full faith in that. You got to have 100% faith in the Guru. It is not that, oh, today I don't have faith. Yesterday I had faith. Tomorrow I will not have less. This is not the way. Yo-yo. This is is called a yo-yo. Thinking, oh, is is he there? Is he not there? Is he there? Is he not there? Is he there? Is he not there? I get everyday messages from people who have doubts in their mind. First doubt they will have is, are you there with me? My answer is, get out. No, I am not there with you. That is called a doubt. If you are doubting me, why are you sitting for my satsang also? Get out, get lost. The faith has to be perfect. What question are you asking me? Are you there with me? Are you taking care of me? I feel so lonely. I feel so sad. You have a guru greatest thing on planet earth and you are feeling sad and lonely and as if he is not there. What kind of bullshit a person is talking about? Guru agya means a guru agya. Whether you like it or not, you got to follow it. Following the guru's dictates is very, very important for reaching spiritual emancipation. You want to reach the Brahma. Isn't that what is written over here? Until he realizes Brahma. Till a person doesn't realize Brahma, don't leave the feet of your Guru. Doesn't mean that you catch hold of him. and He's not a statue or something like that. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you. Not that way. You may be millions of kilometers away. Doesn't matter. You may be staying on Mars also. Who cares? It doesn't really matter. God is there even on Mars by the way. Hmm? And God is there on every planet. He is there everywhere. And the Guru is nothing but the essence of the divine. So if he is the essence of the divine, what makes you think that God is not there with you? Everybody goes through their hell of course. You go through your hell if you are working somewhere. Whichever, whichever person that you are living, sometimes you have zero money in your pocket. Didn't we do that? Yesterday only we were doing it, but a person has no money in his pocket. Absolutely none. He doesn't even get food to eat. You think that person is supposed to cry and feel sad for it? I got cancer. I got pain. I have kneecap problems. I have headaches. Oh, those are material worldly issues. That is not a big deal. Even your guru may be having cancer, for all you know. Does he keep on carping at you and say, Oh, you see, I'm not feeling well, you know, I have to go to the doctor. You think that is how he's talking to you? Ramakrishna Paramahansa was sitting with throat cancer. He never pointed. He just said, I, I am not able to speak, but I want to speak. And the doctor had to shut him up 10 sometimes and say, keep quiet, don't talk so much. But no, he kept on talking. So understand one thing, these, all this material worldly crap that happens to you is a material worldly stuff. In the spiritual world, your job is only to do what your guru has instructed you to do. If he has told you, read a book, read a book. So this is what it is. Having faith in him and never carping about him. You see people have a gossip session and in the gossip session they want to know what did the guru tell you, what did the guru do with you, oh he is favoring you. What? The guru doesn't favor anybody, absolutely none. He doesn't look at a person for hours maybe. He doesn't even care the way people, oh, you're my baby, I have to take. He's not going to be like that. The ultimate aim in life is to be a Brahmanyani, is to meet God, to know about God. And the Guru's job is to make you reach that destination. He's not interested in doing any other thing. He's not interested in pandering to you. Yesterday some of y'all over here got a glimpse of how a Guru behaves. It's a very beautiful lesson. There is no bias in that. No bias because somebody is father, mother, somebody is husband, wife, somebody is uh, children or you know all the near ones, dear ones. There is nothing like that. The ultimate destination is more important if you are a disciple or a devotee. You have to be having a devotion for God, isn't it? For the Guru. So this absolute service is what is important. And when you are doing service, let me tell you about service. You see, if you have been told to tend to a garden, tend to a garden, you got to be the best gardener over there. Maybe the Guru will come over there or maybe he won't even come. But if that is the job that you have been given, you do it meticulously with devotion. You are serving the Guru, not some ordinary human being. So don't even bother about it. Just if the job has to be done, do that job diligently. Now we come to the part called carping about the Guru. Don't carp about him. Don't say bad words to him. Don't even question him. Don't argue with him. Anybody who argues with a guru, anybody who says anything to him, it is not a dictatorial thing. Even in my world, I have been called Hitler thousands of times. It's not a good word. First, you have to understand that you can't carp about him. You can't say things about him if you truly need that spiritual emancipation, if you truly need the brahman then please don't do those kind of things. Don't doubt him in the first place because the faith is extremely important. Having faith in him and never carping at him or about him. Don't do that. So we will move to the next verse. Are These two verses there. So, chapter 13, Uddhav Gita, verse 40 and 41. But one who has not mastered the passion, whose intellect, the guide to his sense organ, is wild, who is devoid of discrimination and renunciation, such a man taking up the monk's triple staff for the sake of subsistence, is a destroyer of religion and cheats the God, cheats himself and me, who resides in his self, with his impurities. Unconsumed, he is deprived of both this life and the life to come. So, there are a certain number of people who feel that they just got to do something because they have nothing to do. You see, I am tired of this job, you know, maybe I can become a sannyasi. They are thinking that I should take up the orange color clothes for what? That is the way how things are to be done, no? See, everybody joining in this ashram, they all wear all baggy clothes and they will have orange colored garments or white colored garments. They will grow their beards and they will grow their hair and all these kind of things are there. And that is how things are, by the way. Because the other idiot is doing, so you also do. Why? That is how things are done. It is mentioned in the scriptures that you are not supposed to cut your body hairs. Is that so? I don't recollect uh, you know most of these people ever bothering about it. You may get a bald guru for all you know. You understand? A bald guru. Completely bald. Are you going to become bald just because he is bald? If the Guru has commanded you, go, get get your hair shaved off, then it is an important thing. If the Guru has said, grow your hair, then it is an important thing. If your Guru is telling you, go cut your hair, then cut your hair. Here we are talking about one who has not mastered his passion. Somebody who feels lust, And the funny part is that in all these big, big places, they have really very, very fancy looking people. Okay? Good looking foreigners or Indians, handsome dudes and people keep on falling for this kind of a crap. If you have not mastered your senses, are you going to the ashram to have affairs? I mean, I think every second person that I have met who has come from an ashram is talking about having an affair somebody over there. Oh, this girl is so good. That boy is so handsome. What are you talking about? You are going to the ashram because your senses are getting titillated? Then you are not worthy of it. Please remember what Krishna is saying in this verse. And this verse I will do for you to understand that the moment you have this kind of a thought in your mind, Oh, this girl is so beautiful. You are a goner in this life and the next one also. Because you are misusing that particular place. There is no holiness in that place anymore. If you are thinking that you are going to get fancy food to eat, at least I will get some meal, you know. Then you are another jerk. Some people join ashrams. Oh, I get to hear some nice, cool music. Oh, you want to hear music? Why don't you go and put on YouTube or some such channel? You want to hear good music? I want to sing. I want to dance. There are stages over there. If you that is the kind of a job you want to do, go there. If you have not got rid of your passions... I want to wear fancy clothes. I want to go out. I want to travel. I want to see the world. I want to meet these nice, handsome, good dudes, you know. Oh God, is that what you want to do? So one who has not mastered his passion, this is the person. I want to eat some nice food, you know, good food. When Guruji goes, you know, he gets, all good food is made. Why? That is why I want to go. No. You should be able to even go hungry. None of these passions have to come in the way. Remember one thing. Even if you are passionate about certain thing, passion is not the doorway to spirituality. I'm sure you know the first word. It is called dispassion. The passions have to be chucked out. The guru normally points out in a very very casual manner. You know how he will say, "Oh, you haven't shaved." How people think that, "Oh, Guruji is just looking at my beard, maybe." You know. He may say, you know, "Oh." You are wearing nice clothes. Do you really think he's appreciating your clothes or your long hair? He is looking at your passion. Your passion for growing your hair. He is saying it in a reverse order. When he says you look good, actually what he saying is you are an idiot. Why? Because these are not the clothes that you are supposed to wear. The Guru's ways are very unique of talking. You should listen to some of the great Gurus that are there from the past. You will listen to them. Alright? You will come to know how they speak. They are looking at your passion. If they tell you, you have finished your job, it means that you haven't finished your job. the pathway to God is the most difficult one. If you think the job that you are doing in your company is difficult, sorry, to meet God is worse than that. Because you can't find Brahmanyana or God without putting in a billion times more efforts. And there are certain things. You know, if you have been to the army, you will understand lights out. Lights out means lights out. If you have been given a certain job, do not ask for concessions. Guruji, today I am going to be slightly late. You know, I am going for a movie. Huh? That is called Passion. That is not the way how things are done. Whose intellect the guide to his sense organs is wild. Somebody whose intellect has gone on a wild chase somewhere. You know, they have a way of behaving. You know, They will say, you know what? I think just to impress my guru, I will learn this more and more and more. It's a very unique way of talking, you know. Now let us say, if your guru is on chapter 3, way, you know, page, uh, particular page, and so such and such a verse, in school, you could go ahead and read the rest of the stuff. In school and college, yes, you can go and read the rest of the stuff. If you think, you know, by impressing on the Guru, you are saying, yeah, very good. I know about the next verse also and the next verse also. You know, the question will arise. You know, wonderful. Why don't you teach me then? I have read the remaining chapters also. I can tell you, in my case, what happened was, Till day one when I started teaching about the Bhagavad Gita, I had never opened it. I had never opened the Bhagavatam in my life. It is the Guru's grace and the knowledge which he has given to me, my Guru, which I was able to give it to the people concerned. So this knowledge was not coming from this few feet body. So this is the way. So here the answer is do not try to talk about your intellect. The intellect which is the guide to the sense organs you got to know how to curb it. Many a times you have been given a mantra. The mantra could be silence. And if the mantra is silence, learn to be silent. But here, people do not understand the word silence. In my Facebook and my WhatsApp and every other place, I have very clearly written, do not write to me if you have nothing to write to me about. Only if you are dying, then only write to me. What is the point in writing every day whereas you really don't mean a damn thing? Following the instructions of the guru is a must. If you have seen, I will not respond till the time where it is mentioned. You are not going getting into my good books by writing to me before or after the time that is mentioned. You see, this is The ashram is a very, very peculiar place. It is worse than an army. It is not important to keep on disturbing. You have been given the word called silence. Shut your mouth and sit over there. That is the guru's way of teaching. So sit over there and do whatever he has told you to do if he has told you read the scriptures go read them if he has told you just be in silence be in silence there are certain of my disciples whom i have told them i don't need to get in touch with you they have never got in touch with me the day i feel that they have to get they have to get something i will personally call them up or i will personally talk to them The problem is there are certain things that a person has to follow and that has to be followed to the T. Some people have this habit of writing one word, ting, another word, ting, another word, ting. What is this? Do You think that just because you have a phone and that you can keep on writing to me? No, don't. Don't write to me. I know what is happening in your world. Unless and until there is an emergency, there is no need. Once in a while you can definitely say, but all the time is not a good deal. The knowledge in which the Guru gives is very, very peculiar and unique to the individual And you have to follow it the way he is teaching you. The guide to his senses, the intellect which is the guide to his senses is wild and devoid of discrimination and renunciation. Discrimination is a must. How can you see God in some ordinary person? You got to see God even in that goat which is there, the animal that is there, the bird that is there, the mosquito is flying around. Discrimination means seeing God in everything. And you should be able to know the real from the unreal. That is discrimination. And renunciation is a must. Renouncing the things that you love the most. I love a good eat. You know, I want to go out and eat Chinese food. What? Renunciation. Okay? You should have extreme renunciation if you really are keen on meeting God. Such a man taking up monk's triple staff for the sake of subsistence is a destroyer of religion. Somebody who does this for just for the sake of, you know, becoming a spiritual person is a fake person you really are interested in knowing God if you are really interested in becoming spiritual to the core and not interested in making money and getting lost in the material world unless and until your guru has given you instructions. For such a person who is interested in sannyasa ashrama or who has reached the state of vanaprastha and who has found a guru only for this kind of a person don't join it because you have nothing to do. remember there are four things that a person is supposed to do seva the seva to the guru is a must you should have interest in knowing the scriptures the real meaning of the scriptures so learning is important satsanga the satsang is important how much of effort do you do in listening to a satsang the satsang is so important that without the knowledge of the satsang, you are a zero. You may have read the scriptures, you might have written, you know, read whichever Gita or whatever that you might have done, but no knowledge will come to you because the knowledge is not in the books, it is the exposition which the Guru gives you. That is the reason why Satsanga is important. Second one is called service to the Guru, serving him without any. Thoughts in mind. You got to serve him absolutely perfectly. Diligently. The third one is called the grace of the Guru will fall on you. He will bless you. When you have done these two things then there is a blessing and there is a grace flowing from the Guru. It will come to you. And lastly It is called self-knowledge. It is going to dawn on you. That knowledge will come to you. So here he says, just for the heck of it, if you are trying to become an ashramite or become a monk or just for the heck of it, you are trying to do something, don't do it. Get out in the material world and go and do what is necessary. Don't take up the triple stuff. It's called the Dandi Swami, Tridandi by the way. Those who join the, you know, ashrams that are there, not the, uh, the ones which uh, you know about, the popular ones. We are not talking about the popular ones. We are talking about the four which are there in India. Shringeri, Puri, the one in the Himalayas, which is run by an Adi Shankaracharya and the Dwarka. These are the four places that you can join if you are really keen. But then you have to become a sannyasi you should know what is sannyasa. We are not talking about some ordinary other places. At such places, you become a dandi swami when you are initiated on the path. And that is the way how you have to progress and proceed. So, never take up. Such a man, taking up the monk's triple staff for the sake of subsistence, for eating, is a destroyer of religion and cheats the gods He cheats gods and he cheats me. Krishna says these words. Don't cheat me. Don't cheat the gods and cheat me. By becoming a fake kind of a person. Just going to some guru and thinking that Oh, I want to test him. I want to find out about him. I want all this, you know. My parents have to be good. my This one has to be good. I need to get a good job. Is that the reason why you are going to a guru? Then it is not worth it. Your ultimate aim is to reach God. And not some ordinary... Little, little stuff that you think is there in the material world. He cheats the gods, cheats himself and cheats me who resides in him. Krishna resides in the self of every human being. And if you are cheating him, that is not a good thing. With his impurities unconsumed, he is deprived of both this life and the life to come. So please remember this. If you are doing this, if whoever is on the path and is doing this for very, you know, petty reasons, the ultimate is to reach Brahmanyana. Remember this. Then you are cheating Krishna. And when you are trying to cheat Krishna by looking for petty stuff, you know, I want good clothes, I want good job, I want this and I want that. Then you are not worthy. Then remember, you are cheating not only in this So you will be deprived both in this life and all the other lives to come. Because you are making the biggest, grossest error in your life. Remember one thing. You have found a guru. Do the seva of the guru. Be devoted to him. Do what he tells you to do. If he tells you don't bother about all these other gods and images and stuff like that, don't bother about it. If he tells you go sit in the corner, do that. If he tells you go read this stuff, do that. If he says go work in the kitchen, do that. If he tells you go go in the uh, gardens and do something, do that. Seva is called that. So he will give you a seva, do that particular thing and you will be then on the path towards your liberation. I am sure you have never heard Krishna speaking directly about these kind of things. But in the Bhagavad Gita and in this Uddhava Gita, these verses are very much there where Krishna is advising people to be totally dedicated and follow the spiritual master so that you can reach your ultimate destination. So we have come to the end of our satsang. We have stopped at verse 41. Next time we will do verse 42 onwards. So I will take your leave. You have a great day and take care of yourself.